had a chat but here i am in my so-called new location just chilling already ready to go back to where i was and i have now come to the conclusion that um you know there's no magical thing that's going to make me happy if you live comfortably in your home and you have what you need and you're able to splurge is that the word splurge a little and you know live your life then really that's all you need like I'm so mad at myself because I left being comfortable just because I wanted to try and see if I could find an answer that I already knew like there's no there's no magic wand that's going to take away my depression or my anxiety or whatever it seriously is just the way that I look at life and I view life and I need to change my mindset and I'm trying to be more positive and you know what you guys it's our 50th episode hey oh I need a horn in the background because we are on our 50th episode can you believe that I honestly cannot even believe that in the slightest bit but here we are so For our 50th episode, I had a lot of people who had asked me since I started this podcast to make an episode about my book and to go into detail about some of the excerpts. I had people um, message me their favorite ones, so I think I'm just going to go ahead and do maybe like four. Uh, I am going to read through the whole thing and then I will try to break it down and... You know, if you guys have any questions, you can always email me or find me on the Instagrams. I've been really slow on everything lately, but honestly, I'm so, like, out of place at the place that I moved that (laughs) I haven't even unpacked all of my stuff, and that's sad because I have, like, three things. (laughs) But honestly, I am... I'm ready to go back to my house and I'm ready to go back to my Jacob and uh, I told him that this time he better put a ring on it so that because if he puts a ring on it then my mind can't be like oh I'm gonna escape you know because no you're gonna sit down and you're gonna be married ho that's what you're gonna do (laughs) anyway so before I continue to ramble on we should get this video started before it takes too long and then I don't know what to do with my life so I will go I will go ahead and read you guys the prologue, I guess you could call it of my book. My book is called Suicide Notes from an Almost Dead Soul. And I chose that title because you will notice that these are like excerpts. It's not like a book book. It's not um poems. It's not it they're kind of like diary entries. They're literally like suicide notes, like that's as best as I can describe it. So here is my prologue. All great things have battle scars. My name is Cindy Marie and I've battled severe depression and bipolar one for seven years now. 
My illness had always been pushed under the rug and I allowed it to go untreated for seven years, causing my health to worsen with age. I never really had anyone to talk to about my depression, so I tried every outlet. From cutting, burning, and not wanting to go into a lot of detail, but literally anything you could possibly think of. One outlet that turned out to be very beneficial was writing. And because I wrote so often about my illness and my tragedies, it caused me to become a stronger writer. Over the course of four years, I I documented my life in a series of pages and words. Not quite poetry, but not quite a story either. My writing became my coping skill in which I adopted instead of bleeding out in a bathtub. And ever since, I've been writing. Oh, whoa, my dyslexia, hold on. And I've been writing ever since. That makes more sense. I don't really expect to change the world with my writing, but all I really ever wanted wanted to do was to be able to help at least one person. I would never want anyone to have to endure depression alone like I did. I lost a lot of who I was and who I used to be, such as my capability to control my feelings and become close with others. My life has definitely had a lot of ups and downs. With a history of suicide attempts and a lot of self-harm in the past, I guess you could say I have a lot of battle scars. Each of them tells a story. Each is a battle I lost with myself. And each is a memory of a time where I felt like I could no longer handle life. This is my story on how I managed to learn how to control my depression and what I endured to get as far as I had. I have. You are not alone. So that is my prologue, and I know that I had said then that I had it under control, but sometimes you have episodes, and you know what? That's okay. And before I continue, I want to apologize in advance if you can hear a rooster, right? Those are the people, those are people, those are the animals that like crow at the sun or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, the neighbor has a fucking rooster, and you hear it all day, like... I thought you are only supposed to hear those at 5 in the morning. I do hear them at 5 in the morning, but that's beyond the point. Anyway, so, as per request by a a peacekeeper, (laughs) a fellow listener, this one is an excerpt from May 23rd, 2013. Faking my own happiness for the personal gain of others wasn't exactly anything new to me. I put the gun in your hand and gave you full control of myself. When around you, I felt so sick, but I was never really physically ill. I was just depressed. I always tried to reassure myself that tomorrow would be better, but who was I kidding? I knew that I would continue to face my demons the second I opened my eyes. I would... I would... I can't read all of a sudden already. I was a slave to the voices in my head, cutting where no one could ever see, crying for hours on end, and then sitting lifeless staring at the wall for hours at a time. How do you deal with the, with the mess that you've become? Lying to loved ones, losing your sanity, missing who you used to be, with such a constant heaviness in your heart, who would ever want to deal with you? I've never felt so pathetic, alone, lost, as if I only have breathing, as, as if I only have been breathing, not living. Staring at the cuts, burns, and the bruises, each was a battle. Th- each was a battle that I lost with myself. Who would have thought I could be so weak? And because I promised that I was going to go into detail with these things, um, I how do I explain this? Around that time, 
things had always just been rocky for me. Like, I feel like I have never had, like, a solid just time in my life where things were okay until, like, recently being older or whatever and having more control over the things that happened in my life. Um, but family was crumbling, like, school life wasn't the best, and there was just so many things and eventually that becomes so heavy on you that you will take action and you will harm yourself because you feel like if you harm yourself like my my problem was that I always felt like I was at fault like it was my fault that these things were happening and it was my fault that I couldn't be happy or I didn't like the way I looked and you know things like that I blamed myself for everything and it caused me to hate myself in such a way that was so detrimental to the little baby human inside of me like I was just a baby like I didn't like older me just wants to look at younger me and give her a hug because like she really felt like she was to blame in a lot of these situations, you know, and like to take that upon yourself and then to view yourself as this awful, ugly, negative person, you know, you just kind of manifest into it as you grow up. And unfortunately, it's followed me my whole life. I mean, like, I hate myself. I hate the way I look. Um, I'm still gonna get a nose job the first second I got a chance, like things like that, you know, and it's it's really upsetting and it's really sad and it's very like I said detrimental to the small human side of us and we just need to learn how to be more gentle with ourselves and really understand that you know we're young and there's a lot of things that we don't understand but there's also a lot of things that we don't deserve people make mistakes and I feel like my whole life was spent Uh, with people being really hard on me and people being so close-minded and not understanding that the world was was changing around us and you know old customs didn't have to be a thing and yeah so that one was basically just letting the hatred of myself pour out onto the page the next one is an excerpt from December 29th, 2013. Home was always a place where I can curl up and die for a few days. Now don't take that too literal. When I say curl up and die, I don't mean actually die. I simply mean that I don't have to deal with the world for a few days, weeks, and even sometimes months. I can sit in silence and my entire existence subsides. Home is where the world doesn't remind me of death and despair. As lonely as home was, I have not been able to go back home for a few years now. Now don't take that as I don't have a home in which I reside, for I see home as a place where my depression does not exist. Home to me was never a place in which my belongings are or my family is. Home to me was a place where I was never scared of being alone where I didn't mind isolation, a place where my depression could not get me. I have yet to return home because I can no longer find it. I cannot find the place that made me feel safe. I have not been home in years. I want to go home.
And this one often is brought up as a lot of people's, um, one of their favorites in the book. And I believe it's because it's the most, one of the most relatable ones in the book. Um, I feel like anybody can have four walls and a roof over their heads. And I know that, you know, that strays away from being grateful that you do have a home and a place to go to. And, you know, at least you're not homeless and on the streets. But, you know, when you're in this headspace, where you are at that time is really that's not really what matters to you, you know? And so for me, in this case, I remember when I wrote this, I was sitting in my room, in my bed, you know, in at night, like I was at my house, but I wasn't home. I, I would have to um, sleep with the lights on because I felt so uncomfortable and so out of place. Like, I picture home being like, you know, like those stable families holiday, holiday days (laughs) where like they're all just happy and glad to be around each other. And like you smell something cooking in the kitchen and it's something like delicious and people are warm and welcoming and inviting and you let your walls down and you are safe and you feel like the people around you support you and you feel like the people who are there with you, are there for you 100%, you know, and just a place where you feel safe, where you can be vulnerable, where you can be your true self without having to worry about this illness in your head, you know, where you can actually just lay down and take a small break for a second and not have to think about being sad that is my description of home wherever you can find peace and acceptance and love like that that is your home so the next one if i can find him we're still going through this trying to find it all right you guys so here it is i think Yep, here's the next one. February 11th, 2013. I always sat and contemplated what I was thinking right before I started cutting myself. And then it kind of just hit me. Before I started to harm my body, before I started to harm my body, I honestly believed I would be able to control myself. Then suddenly, after every cut, I felt my pain going away and I found the blood strangely addicting. I noticed when it began to get worse because I began to cut more and write less. I began to feel empty constantly and because I actually felt pain when I slid the razor across my legs, it became an addicting I became addicted to the feeling. I had finally felt something other than numb. The one thing that no one really seems to understand is how much anger and how much self-hatred someone must have to take a razor to their own skin. To first begin with the mess of a, to first begin with the mess of a mind, and now, a tattered mess of a body. I then realized that this was my life. This was my reality, my mind state, something I'll never get back, wounds that won't heal, and a person, I will never be again. And that one, 
that one is just really it people had asked me to go into detail about this one but what you see is what you get basically like people had always asked like oh why why is that an outlet and I figured like for me it was an outlet because you were so you were so focused on just this small pain you know that you weren't worried about everything else that was happening to you and so that that excerpt was like just a more vivid description i guess <laughs> and the very last one that i'm going to share is from september 9th 2012 i became lost in the person i called myself I smile at many and laugh with a few, but my heart continued to cry from within. My brain urges my heart to finally give in. I was haunted by many things, but very few few of them. And men- Oh man, this is hard. Very few of them ever brought me peace. The silver razor became my vice. It always seemed a lot simpler than suicide. People always said it was easy to overcome the urges of ending your life. But how could these people know anything about the demons that were feasting upon my mind? I tried my best to fight these demons, but the devil himself crawled out of my head and always seemed to convince me and always seemed to convince me that I'd be better off dead. I carried the sharp blade over my thighs countless of times. With every swipe I'd wish I would die. But nothing was ever that easy. Choking on my sobs, my lungs would always struggle to inflate. After loud, uncontrollable screams, at that point in time, there was nothing I could do except pray to God and hope that he was listening to me, and maybe if I held on for one more day, my demons would eventually go away. And that one is basically the same thing, like, what you see is what you get. Just, I feel like these have a running pattern. Maybe a lot of people just like, see what I mean by people like Sad Cindy better than, like, <laughs> anything else. Because they chose the ones that talked about, like, self-harm a lot. But I feel like it's because they can re resonate with it. They relate to it. They understand it. Because my age group of people here from the people that I grew up with in my town. Oh, excuse me, and everything. Um, we've been through a lot of shit. We've seen a lot of people die. We've struggled a lot together. I mean, we're all fighting this fight together. We've all been there with, with each other for a fat minute. So I think that's why everyone really relates to the ones that talk about self-harm the most. But, um, you know, when you're in such a fragile state, like, all you can hope is that you pray to someone and hope that someone's listening and that's all you can do. But I'm not that person anymore. I haven't I haven't self-harmed in a fat minute now. <laughs> it's been it's been a really long time. And you know, I'm just I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be mad. Like I am going to take control over my life and I just want to be a happier human, you know? A nicer human. And I think that's what we should all strive for, especially because the world is so ugly these days. But that's what we got each other for, right? We got each other's back and stuff. <laughs> but hopefully I will be back on my um, 
two episodes a week when I when and if I ever go back (laughs) I'm going back like like I just I just feel like I have to like I've like I don't know Jacob's my person and whether I like it or not like he's gonna be there and I'm gonna be there in his life so (laughs) he can fight me um yeah I'm just ready to go back to my person and go back to my house and live the life that I was living and because I I was content I was I had my happy days and you know there were more good times than bad so I am maybe just still in the stage of regret (laughs) of leaving um but after all this is for um mental health purposes and we are trying to be stronger human beings on this side over here guys so you do what you have to do whatever keeps you happy you do that remember that we are on all the social medias twitter instagram patreon at passions are peace podcast you can send me a request or send me a gmail at passions are peace podcast at gmail.com and i hope you guys are getting through this heat wave because it's really fucking hot so drink your water i drink so much water and that's weird because i don't really like water uh so drink your water make sure you're putting a sunshade on your car so the sun doesn't ruin your seats (laughs) and remember to tell bad jokes and love people and be grateful because gratitude is what gets us through this life there could be a lot more worse things but we are here kicking anyways so i love you guys i'm not quite sure when the next time or what the next time will be about but i will try to keep you updated i love you and we'll see you in the next one bye